accessible instruction. It includes the curriculum materials that are chosen, the way the materials are presented to students, and the manner in which students can express their knowledge. At Atomic Learning, we recruited some help from a student and her mother to give insight into why accessible instruction is so important. After watching this video, there's an opportunity to sign the Accessible Instruction Pledge to commit to providing and or advocating for accessible instruction in every educational role. Through November, everyone who signs the pledge will receive access to free online training on accessibility so they can start making a difference immediately. I encourage you to go to atomiclearning.com forward slash all students to see the video and sign the pledge. But mostly, I encourage you to share the video with every educator you know. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome to the AT Tips Cast, exploring and investigating the implementation of assistive technology in public schools. I'm your host, Chris Bougay. This is episode number 83, recorded on November 4th, 2011. Recently, I had the pleasure of presenting at an assistive technology share fair that was held at George Mason University. The session was right after the keynote presentation, which was a nice look at how one school has implemented iPads in elementary classrooms. My session, fortunate for me, was in the very same room as the keynote. Once the keynote was over, I watched as just about everyone promptly filed out of the room to attend the workshop on the basics of ProloQuo2Go, an augmentative communication app that was going to take place in a different room. Of the group of about 50 to 60 people who attended the keynote, only four chose to stay to learn about podcasting. This, however, was a complete blessing because... The session immediately turned into a small group discussion slash brainstorming session where we talked about our individual experiences with podcasts and podcasting in various educational environments. We were able to discuss some of the how-tos of podcasting as well. Of course, I recorded the entire session. It ran close to 45 minutes, which is a bit long for the typical AT Tipscast episode, so I split it up into two episodes. This is part one, where we start off by talking a little bit about the ways podcasting is being used in different educational environments, and then we shift gears into a general overview of Audacity, which is just one tool that can be used to create the audio file within a podcast. Lots of excellent detailed questions are asked and then answered in this episode. Although they aren't stated as such in the episode, a few AT tips snuck their way into the episode as well, and those are listed on the blog attipscast.wordpress.com. And even more AT tips are in part two of this episode, which will be coming out shortly. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the intimate conversation that is the AT Tipscast Live The Power of Podcasting. Uh, here we are recording the AT Tipscast live episode from uh, George Mason University, the AT Share Fair. But so you get together at these sort of presentations, right? And even in a full room full of people, take advantage of the the minds that are in the in the audience and um, make it a conversation, like Mark said. So rather than going slide by slide, unless we have to, if we want to, we can do it that way. Let's just talk. What, what? when you're looking at the other sessions, Proloquo and uh, well, the I. What was it? I. 
demand. Self-determination. I determined. The I determined session and the tours. <laughs> what made you pick the podcasting one? I think there's a lot of diversity to podcasting, and there's a, a lot of approaches towards not only generating the podcasts, but to integrating them into to classrooms that I'd like to see, you know, the different ways of doing that and developing it and integrating it. So I didn't know if this was going to be another take on it. Sure. Absolutely. Well, we can talk about that. I mean, so are you using it in that way? Have you seen... Have you seen classrooms using podcasts I was gonna, in general? Not so much, no. I, I think that as, a, uh, you know, as an instructional tool, at least in our county, it's probably used minimally, I would say. Megan. Uh, yeah, I was actually just talking to Susan about that because I, I had a teacher who wanted to do one, and we just hit all kinds of roadblocks as to what to use, where to post it, and how to integrate it, like Jeff said, into a classroom. Hmm. And we ended up using Photo Story and doing a Photo Story project. Instead, okay. And last year when I came to the, the AT Share Fair, I learned about podcasting and I thought, oh, this is such a cool thing. Because um, I went to your, your presentation and um, I was like, oh, this has got such great opportunity um, to use this just for staff development um, in our county to reach people because time is the a resource and people could just do um, staff development on their own time or when it's convenient for them and then there would be consistency with the message because then you know because right now when we do staff development several of us go to this school this school this school this school and, and you you feel like you're communicating something in a consistent way but you're not mm -hmm. um, but I'd like to put a plug-in for the power of podcasting because after last year I went home and I talked to my husband. My husband's a teacher in Loudoun County Public Schools and he's a high school teacher. Okay. And I said, you should really try this podcasting thing because it is so cool and you work in Loudoun County and you have all of this stuff. Contact your person in your school. And he did and he started podcasting all of his um, lectures last year and posting them on his site and parents accessed it and students accessed it and it was just a, a powerful thing and he, he just loves it and he still does it today. He had to change schools um, and he's just gotten his podcasting thing up and running but mm -hmm. he's really excited about it. So I mean it, it's powerful in the classroom as well and I really need to learn how to do it so that I can like implement it in my tiny little in what your so what what yeah, is your job responsibilities? What do you um, do? I'm coordinator for special education, um, and we call it special instructional services at the high school. Okay. And so I'm really excited, but I don't feel like I know enough to be able to go and implement something and do it. So this past year, we've been talking to our IT person about you know podcasting and what resources we have available and how we might be able to to efficiently um, do that. Okay. So it's in, it's in the developmental stages at this point. From the university perspective, we go beyond podcasting so quickly. Oh, we do webcasting, you know, web conferencing, we do video conferencing that we forget the simplicity of doing just an audio podcast. So mm -hmm. we'll see what it was like. Look at these different perspectives. So it sounds like her husband might have your solutions because he's doing it, right? Who yeah. The classrooms out there that are doing it. And there are a lot. I think, and I was asking her what her husband teaches because he's like, High level math teacher, where there's the need for that, um, and I think we have a, probably a good number of teachers, general ed, that probably do stuff like that and post it up somewhere. But this was a teacher who wanted her students to do it, so she and and I think she ran into the problems of 
she knows that audacity was a tool she should use, but she had never used it before. The students had never used it before. It seemed complicated, like th that kind of thing. Gotcha. So, all right, so audac let's start there at the tool, audacity. Are you all familiar with it? Do you want to see it? Would you like to see it? Or oh, I feel good about it. I'm very comfortable with it, but I mean. I haven't used it a lot. I know it. I've downloaded it. Okay. You want to see it real quick? Yes, I'd like to see it. Okay. So Audacity is a free piece of software that uh, I think it's for Mac and PC, but GarageBand is what you'd find on Macs. I think that's free as well, too. I'm not a big, in Loudon we use uh, PC, so Mac, GarageBand free? I can't mm -hmm. remember. It is. It is free. Mm -hmm. So, but essentially, you get all these functions up here at the top. All you really need to know when you start recording, if you have a microphone plugged in, here's my little microphone, and I hit the red record button, and you'll see the little spiky lines here, which means that I like to think of them like the outer limits lines, that are, my voice is working, it's actually going in and it's being recorded. And if uh, I want to pause the podcast at any time, meaning I want to, I'm sorry, not the podcast, I want to pause the audio recording at any time, I hit the pause button, and if I want to stop it, I hit the stop button. Pausing means if I hit if I unpaused it, I pick up right at the same point. Where stop would mean that I would start over again when I started again. That's all you really need. Meaning that that would you agree, Jeff? What, what else would you say about uh, Audacity? I, occasionally, we'll go in and, and edit. You know, so it's and that's I think a pretty simple process tool too with the highlighting tool, and then you just you know use the scissors tool that's there, that button that the little clip, mm -hmm. you know, the pieces that you want to crop out of it. So you know. Say something you don't want repeated. It's easy to get back out of there. Exactly. Go through and you go good. And I want to cut all that part out because I don't want to hear people me. When I'm doing the AT Tips cast, I have lots of flubs, so I do a lot of editing. Just that, just exactly how Jeff described it with using that that tool. Um, the other thing I guess would be exporting. So how do you save it? Uh, when you're all done, I guess I'll show that. I'll show you that at the very end when we're saving this file. But it, you would just go up to File and Save. When you do a save, it's saving the whole the whole program, right? So if you wanted to keep recording, you could later on. You could pick that whole process up. If you're in the middle of editing and you don't have time to finish your editing, you hit save, it saves the whole project. You'd open that project up again and be working in that. I think it's an AUP file, is the, you know, how like a Word document is .doc or a PowerPoint PPT. This would be, um, that AUP, I think, is what it's. Thank you. Yeah, I, mean, I can't remember the extension off the end, but. But what you. That's not the file that we. That's not our end file that we listen to. When we, we listen to, we listen to an MP3 file. And so that process is file export. You've got your file, got all your editing done, you like it, you do file export as, in, as MP3. One of the confusing things about Audacity, and probably not in GarageBand, GarageBand probably works better, but I haven't, haven't played with that, is. Um, there's something called the lame encoder, which is a, it's an extra little step of in installation in order for it to export as an MP3. Um, but that's an easy enough process to, to install. But installing lame, L-A-M-E encoder, and uh, it'll tell you how to put that into Audacity. Someday that's going to be all integrated together, but I think there's some licensing thing that we can't do. One question. So when we do web conference, like an hour's video conference could be in the gig. So how much, when we get this in an hour, how big will your file be generally? It's hard to say because it's it's different um, depending on like the, the, the type of all the different audio in here. Like I think 
like the louder it is, the more grids it takes, the quieter it is, and it takes smaller, more special effects you have, that kind of stuff. So I haven't really found like a good, you know. Then there's the, um, once you have the file, there's things you can do with it, where you can add a picture to it, you can add uh, text to it, properties that change okay. how large that file is. You know, unless, does anyone else have a good correlation for... Is it more like 50 meg, 100 meg? I mean, like oh, it's typically small. Okay. You know, I mean, I think, I don't know, maybe, if I had to guess off the top of my head, I'd say uh, a minute a meg. Okay. That's just a ballpark, but okay. I, I don't know. If I, I mean, I could look at um, the HE Tips cast, see how long, we could bring that up, and see how long an episode is and see how many megs it is. Just curious, I said, with audit video conferencing, everything is in the gigs, like, you know, one class becomes a, over a gig. Sure, because you got the video. Yeah. Right. So that's become a storage issue. Absolutely. Um, so one of the important things to mention about podcasting here is that well, once you've created this audio file, you haven't really created a podcast. All you've done is created an audio file. But, but what makes it a podcast is the, the ability to have it, the, the RSS ability, the syndicating. I mean, you're putting it up in a, in a way that it, people can find it and people can subscribe to it. Mm -hmm. Right? Would, mm -hmm. Any comment? Mm -hmm. um, all right, so Susan, what other questions? Or anyone, what other? Any questions about Audacity? Nope. Yep. How do you um, add in the fancy music? <laughs> the beginning and the end. <laughs> gotcha. Um, That's the part I think, because like, uh, you know, with the um, Movie Maker or whatever, you're used to the different tracks and stuff, and it just looks different, so I'm just it's exactly like that, Megan. It's exactly like the different tracks, like in Movie Maker, where you'll see track one, track two, track mm -hmm. three. Or in Movie Maker, it's the audio, the video, and then you see those different tracks. Well, here it's just all audio, and you'll see right here it says audio track, and this is the, the first one. Mm -hmm. If I stopped it and hit the uh, record button again, it would start audio track number two, and you would see this same thing that's happening here, but you would see it here. Mm -hmm. And so just like Jeff said, you would cut at a certain point, and you would have multiple tracks later. So right now we have um, this, us speaking, but if I, when I go back and I put the, the beginning, you know, AT Tips cast music at the beginning of the episode, I'll have that as a separate track. It comes here to a certain part of the timeline and the next one kicks in. So it's like a layer. Like a layer, that's a great way to put it. And you only see one layer at a time. You can have a little overlap, so as you have the music fading out and the, and the voice coming in, there's a little bit overlap, and it's literally overlap. You'd see that, you know, that. Does that make sense? And Megan, you can import, you know, you can import music into that, so you're not, you're not generating recording your own music and hitting the record button. So it's a file import function. And, you're bringing in. and then you have the layer, and then you cut it for the beginning. Right. Like and then you can, you know, there's the enveloping effects where you can kind of like have it just all of those are like you know little special techniques not necessary you don't okay. need the music you know it just makes it a little bit more does your husband do music when he does the, his his podcast no he just does his voice begins yeah. ends does he have any sort of like opening like uh today's date or whatever he, or? he might i've never watched one of <laughs> 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 oh but i do know that um he is the um the Promethean board, and then it also captures what he's writing. So he's got. Gotcha. So he's doing like a video podcast. Yeah, he is. Right. Yeah. So well, that he can, so they can watch, you know, what they do, his examples and things like that. So since you bring it up, let's talk about that for a second. Promethean and Smart, which I think are the two 500-pound gorillas in the interactive whiteboard game. What, what do you guys have at Fairfax? Primarily Smart. 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 You smart at George Mason. Yeah. 
Smart. Smart. All right. We have Promethean and Loudon. But both of them have screen capturing functions, just like your husband's doing, um, where you can record what's happening on the screen. And if you have a microphone plugged in, it's recording your voice as well. And so we have a teacher that does that at Loudon, too, uh, in a different high school in Loudon, where he records the screen, records his uh, everything that's captured on the screen, and then any student can go back and watch it any time. Originally, it was for a student with a disability. It was an accommodation. He had to provide video content of his lectures. And Chris, how am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? All right, let's show you. And so we're going to put it up on this website. And then it's not just going to be for that one student. It's going to be for any student that wants to during their study halls or whatever. And now he does it all the time. Right? He keeps up, and uh, even though he doesn't have that student anymore, because it was a benefit to, to all the students. So. Related question, you might want to come back to that. I would like to know about the best ways for capturing audio. Because again, at the university where we have a lot of tools, I don't think those are the same tools that teachers have. So if you're in this lecture, you're doing a lecture in a high school classroom, what's the best way to get your audio mm -hmm. and not, you know, be. It depends. This is what I would say. It depends. So, um, of course, if you had some sort of mobile mic that was attached to whatever your device was, that's one way you could do it, like a Bluetooth microphone that okay. goes to your. Do they have those that are. Well, I haven't ever used one, because okay. here's what I do. Here I have a little lapel mic that we have at every school. Okay. Um, I took one, and I plug it into my laptop, and it gets me good enough quality sound that, that I don't have to, you know, right? You listen to the AT Tips Cats, if you listen, it's been recorded with this mic and some of these live ones, and maybe the quality's not as great, but right. it's not um, it's not so bad it's unlistenable. You know right. what I mean? Like, oh, I can't stand listening to it. So. Um, the other thing you can do is your smartphone. So I'm recording this right now with the, the voice memo app. Um, and so 15 minutes of recording, it came with the iOS. I didn't go and get any other special uh, uh, app to download. Oh, there are, there are other re voice recording apps. Um, so I just turn that on and record. Um, and then I can take this and I will stick it to um, iTunes and it'll be in my voice memo section. And then I can pull that Use that. Use that as well. Um, this might be even be simpler for some teachers if they have their own device, or if, the, if you know like you saw uh, during the morning session, if you have a, an iPad or something that's a classroom iPad or a, a school-based iPad that you can bring out and you can record. The other way is that um, many schools they don't have a digital voice recorder. Mm -hmm. That's another way, um, but just the camera. So a um, little digital camera, you know. And you can just turn that on. A lot of those have voice memo re uh, features where you're not even recording the, the video, just the audio. Just the audio. I've done that too, where I've taken the camera and I say, okay, Jeff, do me a little bumper on, uh, on the AT Tips cast. And so Jeff would say, hi, my name's Jeff. Sisk. And it's going to be on. You want me to edit that out? Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> Jeff Sisk. And I've got that whole video. And maybe I'll put the video up on YouTube. But I'll just take the audio to put into the AT Tips cast. I'll take the audio out, yeah. uh, split the video from the audio. So lots of different ways to do it. Um, yeah, I, for what I recommend for teachers, though, like in Loudon, is just to use the lapel mic because they have it. Uh, they have it accessible in their lab. They can go and plug it into any computer, turn on Audacity, which is also in any computer, and boom, they're going. You know, um, there's some questions there about you know uh, students. You know, if a student were to say, you know, hi, uh, Megan, and I called on you, and now you gave an answer, and it was wrong, or there was some chuckles or something, and that goes out as a podcast, you know, so, uh, 
And that's if you're putting it out to the world or if you're just giving it out to students to listen to or just sectioning out. You know, there's those sorts of questions that still need to be answered. I don't have good answers for them. Right. Um, but that's technically how, how I would do it. Any other thoughts? How do you guys do it in, in uh, Fairfax? I don't think that we're like recording. I don't, I don't see at least in our arena because you know we're, right. we're primarily sure. working in special ed. Right. Where it's, it's recording classrooms and, and lectures and that kind of thing per se or what's happening in classroom. I think it's kind of like more what Megan described. It's more student-based stuff. And mm -hmm. I see it as like kind of a project as a different type of you know activity or assessment to do with kids. Mm -hmm. So the microphones and setups for that kind of thing are usually individualized for that particular activity. Exactly. And it's usually not a problem because, you know, kids are really in front of the computer and are able to walk up to it. That's what I was thinking during, and that's how we primarily use it too in Loudoun is with, uh, for students doing their own individual recording at a, at a computer station. And I was thinking about uh, Camilla's presentation earlier and just so people are listening you know, weeks from now on, who recorded this to summarize that, uh, they had iPads and they were making their own uh, iBooks, right? And then Camilla was saying how you, they, they would load that up to a website and then parents would have, could, could download those iBooks and they could be reading it at home. And here I'm thinking as a parent, that'd be great, but I have to read that book, you know what I mean? Which, okay, it's my own kid's book, I'll read that book, you know, I take the time to read it. But still, it takes what, 15 minutes, 10 minutes? I don't know. It takes time that I don't really have. And uh, like I said in the last presentation, is that um, I think one of the benefits of podcasting is that you could listen to it. So, yes, I could look at the book, look at the pictures real quickly, and then I could list if they had record that, take that same activity, and the next thing is, okay, you've typed it on, you now tell me the story, and you record it so it's an, in an audio format. Now, parent could be listening to it on the drive home and it gives them another option. Yeah, okay, I looked at your book. It looks great. Great pictures. And I do listen to it because right. I had time to listen to it on the drive home. Do you know what I mean? I think, yeah, that's <laughs> one of the beauties of your AT Tips cast is that, I mean, we have so much information out there that you can go and you can look on the internet and look at a little video on how to do stuff. But just listening, like I listened at the airport once and I listened to like 15 episodes and I learned about word talk and like just all these other things that I could then go back and research. But it just took me a few minutes to kind of go through them and just listen to them. Exactly, it's just it's an awareness easily. level. Yeah. Yeah, not, it's not always, I mean, uh, in the AT Tips cast, I try and do some integration as well, but it, it's a, at a bare minimum, it's a awareness level. So, mm -hmm. okay, now I know about this tool, I can go back and learn more about mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah, yeah, it frees you, I think, by, by hearing, listening. by listening to it. But I have heard, and let me tell you, let me ask you if you've heard the same, some, some people, when I've talked to them about the AT Tips cast, they'll say, yeah, but I'm just not an auditory learner. Right. Have you ever heard that when you do the podcasting? And so what I say to them, I don't say to them, I, I think this in my head is I think, all right, close your eyes. Go ahead, I'll, go ahead, close your eyes. Go ahead, you can, I'm not going to do anything nasty, I promise. Um, so now I'm going to say, my first dog, his name was Dusty. Now open your eyes. Did I, did you, did I touch you at all? No. no. And did, um, did you see my lips moving? No. But what's the name of my first dog? So did you learn something auditorily? Absolutely, right? So it's not like I'm not an auditory learner. It's just you prefer to learn visually. You prefer to learn a different way. And it's that uh, framing. And this is just my own little soapbox here. So <laughs> It's just framing it in a different way. It's almost like uh, that same concept, the person first language, right? I'm not a auditory. I'm not a 
auditory learner. I'm a person who learns best through auditory means, or I'm a person who learns best through vis visual means. Because as soon as you get pigeonholed into, well, I'm not an auditory learner, so I'm not going to listen to podcasts, you've just completely limited yourself into a world of opportunity, right? I mean, and I think I, I, I run into that more frequently than I don't, you know, when I start talking to people about podcasting. Well, going back to the student um, project realm of podcasting, where, where do those podcasts go and for what purpose are the students doing it? Are they then going to go back and listen to it again to share information? Like, how is it then managed? Or is it just like a way for the teacher to evaluate if they understood content? Like, what's, what's the use of it, I guess? And, and what do you see? Are you asking me or just, I'm just not throwing it out there? Yeah. Anyone, what do you think? I, mean, I, I, I kind of agree with Megan. Like, it, it, it's, and I've, and I've seen several examples of podcasts that are kind of regularly integrated in, in a class, like throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And so there's always like an expectation, you know, in those different environments that those are going to be listened to either you know, by somebody outside of that classroom or somebody, or, or the kids themselves within the classroom, that they have to go back. There's like a purpose for it. Like right. Yeah. And it's like, it's ongoing. It's a part of it. So it and that's when I see it like take off. Yeah. You know, if it's, and it's kind of what you're describing with your husband. Yeah. It's like a regularly expected piece of their you know, curriculum. Then it's going to fly. Gotcha. So that is when the students are, well, not just students, when the, it's when either a teacher is producing their own podcast from the content or when a student is producing right. content, right? Because the other side of that is teachers using existing podcasts to supplement or complement a lesson, mm -hmm. you know, going out and finding this audio story, and we're going to listen to this audio story and using it in a lesson where you're, you're using podcasting, but you're not generating a podcast, right. you know what I mean? Um, but I see what you're saying. If it's can, if there's some sort of purpose at the end. Mm -hmm. Well, what if it was just this purpose? What if it was just students recording their voice? I guess it wouldn't have to be a podcast in that case. It would just be students recording, okay. Information. I, yeah, information. Here's my writing assignment, or here's my reading fluency, right? I'm going to just record my voice for reading purposes of reading fluency. And then a month later, you go back and you listen to that first one, or three months later, say, look at, listen to yourself record, listen to yourself now, and listen to yourself three months ago, and look at that improvement. Do you hear the improvement that you've made? And that could be a huge motivator for students, you know, or at least uh, not motivator, but um, well, motivator as well as a uh, um, you know just self worth, self confidence. You know, yeah, look at how much improvement I've made. You know? I know. I mean, I know, I know, I do that myself when I go back and listen to the first few episodes of the AT Tips cast. I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, what was I thinking, you know? But I, I do think that's true because I think there's lots of, I think sometimes teachers might get caught up in the definition of a podcast and then, you know, like turning what they're doing into a real podcast. And But there are so many, there's so many tools with just recording. I mean, there's so many reasons to be able to do that. And, and you have the tools there. So. Right, so you're just recording your voice. You don't have to deal with the whole RSS, putting it out to the rest right. of the world, I sort that, of. I, I think maybe I get caught up in that. Yeah, like you have to make a listening center for your students or something. Right, really where does it go and what does it mean? You know, like putting it up in iTunes, is it, how do you right. get it to the iTunes store and suddenly these barriers, they're not even barriers yet. You don't have to do all that for it to be useful in the classroom. Right, Absolutely. it doesn't have to be an authentic podcast, but it can definitely be useful. Absolutely. Just simple ways to capture audio. Yeah. Right. I mean, my daughter's in fourth grade. She loves, like, she'd love to record herself. She loves to share. They would, they, they would do their own and just play each other's, like a listening center. They'd be happy. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Um, I would also say along those lines is that saving the audio file to a thumb drive or burning it to a disc and then bringing it to grandma, you know what I mean? Or, you know, here, listen to this, grandma, listen to what I did. It's the same, it's just, it's different as the, you know, bringing the piece of paper, here's the story that I wrote, grandma, right. oh, look how great that is. Well, now it's, let's listen to the story I wrote, you know, and you're, you're hearing that student's voice. It's just a different modality, you know? The kids are really into that. My, my son is four, and he did soccer videos. Did my cousin see the soccer videos? Did grandma see the soccer videos? Like, he knows. They go on Facebook, they go out. They, yeah. They're really accustomed to that. I wanted to send a quick thanks to Amanda Peters from Atomic Learning for sending in that bumper at the beginning of this episode, letting everyone know about the Accessible Instruction Pledge. I think it's a noble idea, and if you can, please take a moment to head over to AtomicLearning.com pledge and take the pledge yourself. Until next time, may all your interventions be inclusive, and may all your strategies be supportive.